0: to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, September 9th, and on today's episode, we are going to review a Week 1 DFS Core 4. We're going to give out four players who are definitely in my cash game lineup. I'm going to go through some good GPP options, and finally, we are going to review my final betting card going into the weekend. Before we get started on all of that good stuff, let me remind you guys and do our normal housekeeping. Please rate, review you and subscribe to the podcast share it with a friend if you like it please follow me on x.com at fiddlespicks and subscribe to my gambling newsletter my new Substack that i recently launched the fiddles pick Substack. you will get three emails every week which will include a monday first bet of the week and a weekly giveaway wednesday a little market review and on the weekend you will get the final betting card in a nice clean graphic so Although I will be talking about my bets at the end of this episode. Maybe you can't write them down as you're exercising and on the treadmill listening to this podcast. So go sign up for that subsec, and you will get that sent to you in just a few hours. As we go through today's show, we are going to be joined by someone who was a frequent guest last year on some of these DFS podcasts. And I brought him back to join me again. He's going to be with us frequently on these Saturday Core Fours. And he's one of my most respected and most daunting fantasy opponents in my home league his name is Alex Cohen we have the pleasure of getting his company as he's moving from New York to Florida and he's taking the time out on his drive I'm not sure if it's because he loves me more or because he loves the DFS and fantasy space more but AC thank you for your time and appreciate you bringing the heat today how you doing
1: Thanks, uh, Mike. You know, it's it's because it's I love you and I love talking football and I love talking betting and I love talking fantasy. So, hey, we got a, we got a long, great year ahead of us. Can't wait to, to, uh, to uh, get this going again. Thanks, Mike.
0: All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with just straight into the DFS stuff. I'm going to go through the core four cash game players. So, cash game lineups versus gpp lineups just to give you guys a little week one refresher is cash game you're playing in ones where you have to go for like top 50 percent in order to win money or top 45 percent and it doesn't matter if you come in first 12th 27th percent 36 percent or 45th you are leaving with the same 50 50 double up so you're not going and shooting the moon however you are doing that in a gpp style tournament these are things like the millimakers the first and tens all of those 15k 15 dollars to win a million type of entry tournaments those you need to have a little bit of unique lineups and some of the plays are slightly different so we are going to go through some options for both that's why i brought alex onto the show he knows how to pick some guys who pop off uh, he's done it to me multiple times in our season-long season. <laughs> Recently, I've delivered the wrath of him. Hey, don't so, don't Alex, don't
1: don't give me don't don't give me too much credit, Mike. We've, we've had our back and forth all, all over the uh, years, so you know,
0: and, uh, and we all know it's all it's along anyway. So yeah, um, yeah well, when we that's go a conversation through, for <laughs> that that's a conversation for another day, right? i tried to just skim over that one me and alex have this endless debate whether season-long fantasy is skill-based or luck-based the dfs space is certainly skill-based so let's shut off our 100 the the quarterbacks that we discussed earlier this week i went over the high spend options on tuesday's pod i had gibby on the pod on thursday to go over the value options and the guys that we talked about were between jalen hurts justin herbert and you know what I forgot to include Tua as a potential option simply on the other side of that game from Justin Herbert. So that would be another option I would throw out. And from the optimizer's perspective, I am seeing a lot of in Sam 1,
1: Howell. Turn right I am on West
0: quarterback Approaching Going against the crossing. Arizona Cardinals. Even in this game projected towards the under 38 and a half, people are playing Sam Howell. I will not be doing that, but those, I think, are the four major quarterbacks we can consider. In my cash game lineup, my quarterback will be Jalen Hurts.
1: Alex? Interesting. Also, uh, I'm glad that uh, nobody that you named was actually the guy that I wanted to take. Um, So, I'm glad I can... That's
0: why you're providing the GPP type (laughs) of lineup, right? Because we're looking for a little bit of variance. Someone who's not studying the optimizers and the uh, roster projections and these ownership projections that some of these sites give out. I've checked all those numbers, so I know that these people are either playing Hurts, Herbert, Tua, or Howell. Three H's and a and a T. <laughs> I'm going with Jalen Hurts.
1: So my guy that I'm going to take is Geno Smith. That That is the guy that I think is going to have a great week. Um, if you can name me one of the other corners besides of the starting corner on the Rams, then I owe you a hundred, but look, Gino is going to go it. off at, yeah, exactly. So uh, Gino is going to go off against the Rams at home. And, you know, the thing about the Seahawks on at home is that um, you, you, you sometimes have to worry about like the wind and stuff of that nature. But in September, as you look at the numbers of the passing situations in uh, the Seahawks stadium, they are way better numbers in the early part of the season. So Gino at home, and I think JSN, from what I've seen most recently, might be playing as well. I think that he is going to have a day, and that would be my pick, and I'm sure you can get him at value Not sure the exact number right now. It's changing as I move, but I'm sure you could tell me. And uh, that would be my guy.
0: Gino is 6,100. We can get to the wide receivers in a second. But I do think that's actually a very strong GPP type play. We're looking at the Seattle Seahawks. They're a home favorite against the Rams. The spread's getting closer. So Gino might be throwing throughout the game. They have an implied team total of 25.5 points. That is... Damn near the highest on the board. We have the Baltimore Ravens at 26 and a half, and we have mm-hmm. the Chargers at 27, but the Seahawks come in third. So Geno Smith picking up right where he left off, finishes the quarterback five last year in season long total, comes in at six thousand one hundred. You're saving a thousand seven hundred dollars from my playing of Jalen Hurts. I do really like this, and you definitely have stack receiver options on the back end. If we were gonna move on to this skill position players, I'll let you go first. Are you stacking JSN with him? Who are you going with as a, as a potential pop guy who's a like running back or wide receiver?
1: I'm not going to stack the Seahawks. Um, just because I don't know who the guy is going to be. If I had to stack, if you really want to stack, if you're a Seahawks fan, I, I would go with DK because of the red zone option. But you know, when it comes to, you know, the, uh, wide receiver, running back, tight end. My number one guy this week is 100%, and you're going to hate this, Mike. I'm so sorry, but you're starting two rookie corners of the Giants, right? I'm going to take C.D. Lamb. There's been so much garbage talk about Dak, potentially warranted, not saying Dak is great, but they're going to be on a mission. And, you know, you're starting my boy Deontay Banks from the University of Maryland, who I think is going to be great. And then also Trey Hawkins, but two rookie corners with a veteran quarterback and a now veteran wide receiver who is absolutely a stud, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb.
0: I think that's a great choice. It actually doesn't pain me at all. I am no longer a Giants fan, Alex. I am loyal to my bankroll. I am loyal to my fantasy teams. This year in <laughs> our league, I have Dak. I have Dak and CD. That is my season-long stack. So I would love for them to go off. The oh, my only objection to this is that CD plays plays in the Sunday night game, and a lot of these DFS slates do not include that. A lot of these DFS tournaments are only the one o'clock and the four o'clock slate. So let me go through. One of my guys, don't take it in the position, and then we'll come back to you and see if you have another guy who's kind of playing in the main slates. Um, Absolutely. I do. do. You go first, though. Absolutely. Okay. I am going to go with pretty obvious here. Talked about him earlier this week. He's on every single optimizer lineup. So if you are playing in a cash game contest, you're simply putting this man in riding with the truck and not being the variance point in your contest if you're playing in a gpp contest it's like a coin flip whether or not you want to play him but gibby mentioned him as his favorite value option on the entire slate his name is jamal williams he is starting for the new orleans saints at running back he comes in at 5.1k he's got a nice 2.x value projection to his price tag in the optimizers and again again i checked five different optimizers and he's in every single lineup. So when I see that, I think, okay, he is a lock for a core four because you don't want to be that deviant when you're considering a mid to low value option. So I will absolutely be playing Jamal Williams.
1: So so I do like that, but I have, I have a question for you, Mike, because I have Kamara on another team too, and I'm trying to figure out whether it's Jamal or the other guys on the Saints. So, you think jamal is going to get the kind of workload he got on detroit when it comes to between the tackles and the red zone is, is that what you've been hearing because i am i'm, I'm uh, leaning on you right now to see what you've
0: heard uh who's the other guy that's there Kendra miller and we know Kamara, yeah it's Kendre like yep i think we have i think we have kendre miller's coming into this game questionable and we have Kamara out, so I'm not sure how this progresses. Perfect. No, no that,
1: the that's exactly
0: that. 100% that.
1: I think Jamal's a great
0: play. Yeah, it's a volume-based play. They're going against the Titans at home. I am on the under of that game, so maybe it's a ground-and-pound game. This could be a very similar situation to the guy who just took over from him in Detroit, uh, David Montgomery, the Monty man, coming off the Thursday night exactly. game with 21 carries, 70 yards, and a touchdown. If Jamal gets me... 73 yards and a touchdown he's hitting his fantasy projection absolutely perfectly i think the volume and the workload is there for sure i, I see that happening absolutely as well you know besides simmons the titans are a little bit
1: thin on the d line and you know if, if Carr gets them into the red zone um i could see them going to jamal so i like that a lot
0: yep do you have anyone else that you want to talk about a uh, position player then we want i want to go through tight end and defense But um, do you have a guy who you're looking at as a position player who might play in the ones or the fours?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have my boy, talk about gambling, Calvin Ridley. I think that Calvin Ridley, first of all, not just this week, but if you're still, you know, riding TFS and other stuff throughout the season, Calvin Ridley is going to be the most undervalued player in everything. He is a 1,500 yard, nine TD receiver with a quarterback that everyone, including ourselves, believes is probably going to throw somewhere around 5,000 yards. He is going to be a weapon every weekend, and his matchup this week to me looks unbelievable. I could see, and I'll project, because guess what? Who cares? 100 yards, two touchdowns. That's what I think.
0: 100 yards, two touchdowns for Calvin Ridley would certainly be a slate breaker. We know DraftKings is a full-point PPR. So I'm looking at him now. He's coming in at 6,500. He's got a good, decent value projection. I don't think he's going to be that highly owned because I think a lot of people are going to be waiting to figure out. He offers for a nice stack if anyone is thinking about playing Trevor Lawrence. But the reason why I really like that call, Alex, is not only does his preseason and practice routes just look filthy fast and sharp. Like the videos are insane. You never want to judge those. But the defense versus opponent rank is dead last. The, The Colts come in like 31st in the league. Against the wide receiver, I know we're using last season's data and applying them to this season, but the Colts team hasn't yeah. changed that much. Like the the players are, they're even still kind of in tank mode. Uh, they have a nice team implied points of twenty five for the Jaguars, one of the higher totals, along with your Geno. So Calvin Ridley. Could be a show stopper and on all of the face of all the fantasy covers next week for sure. And and that, well,
1: and Michael and Mike, one other little nugget that I'll add to that is is Lawrence in a dome. You know you can't underrate the dome. You know Lucas Oil, Trevor's baby. going to be, yeah, he's going to be in Lucas Oil. You know that is not to be forgotten. And you know just a little tidbit to everyone else listening. That's you know playing this. Do not underestimate the dome. A real thing, and uh, especially later in the season. And you know, the Jacksville, it's not as much of a thing because they're in a good weather, unless they get a you know, random rainstorm. But hey, the dome is a real thing in terms of fantasy, don't underestimate
0: it. It just makes the ball so clean, exactly. And it's going to be delivered to the wide receiver. They practice indoors all summer, especially the Jaguars, they're not practicing outdoors in the Florida heat that much. We're using indoor facilities, so those routes should be crisp and clean. Let's go over to the tight end. I talked about the tight end a lot throughout the week. There's like three or four options that are emerging from a cash game perspective. We talked about Tyler Higbee in depth earlier this week because of Cooper Cup being sidelined. Cooper Cup now on IR. Higbee's price is still very cheap, so we're getting probably a big old value bump there. He is 4800 Uh, Another person that I'm seeing is Hayden Hurst in a lot of these lineups. It's Bryce Young in his very first game going to be checking down to his tight end. Hayden Hurst is a very reliable DFS tight end wherever he's been. When he was back with the Bengals, we used to play him all the time. Um, Luke Musgrave, now that the Packers receivers are dropping like flies, and we have heard all offseason that Luke Musgrave is going to have this pass-catching tight end role in lock for this team, With a good offensive line Then maybe Musgrave presents a nice Cheap option for that So I'm I'm thinking it's between Higby, Hurst uh, Luke Musgrave And the last one is if you were going with Gerald I mean if you were going with Justin Herbert Or if you were going with Tua Then you could play further into that game With a a Gerald Everett So out of those four I am going to be playing right now The core four person that i like to enter Is Hayden Hurst I do think that the $3,000 price tag just allows me so much flexibility to go get some studs at other positions. And Bryce Young's first game going against the uh, Atlanta Falcons, who I really like this year. I think the Falcons are going to be in the lead. And I think Bryce Young is going to be the passing game script. I think Hayden Hurst presents a really nice opportunity to be a safety blanket for Bryce Young in his first game. He will be locked in to the core four
1: that is a uh that is a very solid pick and i agree
0: i thought i was going to surprise the shit out of you with that one do you have no 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 i think that
1: i think that i think i i absolutely think your logic is there and that makes sense but i got i got some other guys let me know when you're ready
0: I'm ready. I was going to think are you just like, even in a GPP contest, is it still worth playing just into the volume that Higby's going to get? Because it's really going to be astronomical without Cub. If they're in this game script, if you are playing Geno Smith in this lineup, then grabbing Higby on the other side of this contest makes a ton of sense. If this game goes towards the over and it's like a 28-28 game in the fourth quarter and there's 56-plus total points scored, then grabbing multiple guys in this game where you have the quarterback becomes a great option. So we talked about not knowing which one of Geno's receivers you would pair up, but the option to get like a Van Jefferson or a Tyler Higby at value in conjunction playing the opponent for your reverse stack makes a lot of sense Alex, are you just playing straight into Higby with Geno, or are you going to go elsewhere?
1: No, I like Higby, and I wouldn't touch Jefferson. Um, I like the Higby call a lot, but what I would do, and I know you touched on Musgrave and some of the other tight ends, but I actually had uh, two others that I um, think I like better than that, Uh, one being Tyler Conklin potentially.
0: He's um, on the he's on the he, Monday game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there because he's not gonna be on the the main tournament slates.
1: Got it, got it. Um, the other one I was gonna say was Herb Smith Jr. People yep, are that's sleeping on one him.
0: Worth talking about. If give you me, go
1: give. to the depth chart, he's number one tight end, and yep. you got to throw to the tight ends, so he is going to be targeted. And then I will give you one deep deep sleeper. Jawan johnson and this kind of goes back to your jamal williams situation which you know in the red zone could it be Jawan johnson could it be jamal williams i'm not sure but i think that one of them is probably going to be a guy that scores a touchdown if they get into the red zone two or three times so my picks for tight end and they're going to be cheap irv smith and Jawan johnson
0: so irv smith comes in 3600 It's actually very similar to me playing Hayden Hurst because the reason why I play Hayden Hurst is because I built up such a trust with him from when he was Joe Burrow's tight end because I know Joe Burrow's usage to the tight end is very solid. So now that you're getting Irv Smith, you're just getting an in-division game, a game that should be tight. Joe Burrow's small favorite on the road. Sure, I think picking up Irv Smith makes so much sense. Juwan Johnson, Alex. Juwan motherfucking Johnson let me tell you something he's no sleeper on this podcast he was on when I did a few episodes ago Uh, who was I with he was on my five players I absolutely love I came in with Juwan Johnson this week in fantasy I am going against our friend Alex Lowell who's got a questionable Darren Waller right now and I'm just kind of hoping Waller plays because the backup is Juwan Johnson, who's coming to kill me in week one. I really do like the Juwan Johnson play. Uh, he's been someone that I've been riding with all off-season. I think Derek Carr always uses his tight end, and the Saints system also uses their tight end. So you got an incoming quarterback who's more opt to use the tight end. Apparently, they've been like blood brothers, or, or I guess blood brothers, but not blood, in the offseason. Derek Carr has literally said draft Juwan johnson if you play fantasy so i think Juwan will be used heavily he's a red oh wow he said that right i didn't you. even
1: hear that I, yeah. I didn't even hear that
0: he said that wow
1: yeah
0: awesome. <laughs> and i think he told his brother uh david carr that they were that he's the that Juwan's the third brother now
1: hey uh i, I you see you love to it, hear you know, those
0: things from you- the quarterback right
1: yeah, you love to hear those things with the quarterback, and you also can't deny you know somebody scoring a bunch of touchdowns in a year. You know, like once you get down to the red zone, there's a reason why those big bodies happen. So, you know, while it gets difficult down the red zone, is it Jamal Williams? Is Jawan Johnson? Who knows? I think both of them could have big weeks. I agree.
0: So I do think if you're playing a cash game, both of them are very safe to be put in your lineup. If you're playing in a GPP tournament, then you'd rather go right. with one or the other because you're either going to get a yes, rushing yes, touchdown or the passing. Exactly. But if you're going cash game, you're like, I just want to finish top 50. So whoever gets a touchdown, I'm happy with. Let's go over to the defense because in a cash game contest, this is the most straightforward, easy-peasy decision you could possibly come up with and it's, you're playing the Washington Commanders at 2,800. They are going against the Cardinals. I would pretty much assume it's a very clear option in a GPP tournament, too. This game has the lowest total on the board. The Commanders are home. They have a game wrecker in Chase Young on the defensive line. They have a defensive head coach in Ron Rivera after he just brought in the enemy to handle the offense. He could focus on the defense now. I think the Commanders defense comes out with a clear win. I hammered this 6.5. I put Thor's hammer down on that line. Um, So I'm playing the commander's defense 2.8,000 as a locked in option. I do think there are some interesting GPPs to talk about. Did you have a defense that you wanted to discuss? Yeah. And I I know this
1: might be a little bit contradictive, but um, Raven's defense, uh, you know, I think that they are going to have a day against Houston. Um, From what I've seen so far, there might be some weather. And I just think that with Clowney and everyone healthy on the Ravens defense, plus the Ravens controlling the ball game with the run game, whether it's Lamar, JK or Gus or whoever the running backs are, you know, you can flip a coin. Um, I think that that's going to be a very solid, low-scoring game that the Ravens are going to control and potentially force some turnovers on. Uh, Kyle Hamilton had a solid rookie year, and I think that now within the second year of his system, he could be an absolute difference maker. And uh, I-, I love the Ravens
0: against uh, the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. So the Ravens are the most expensive defense at 4000 They also have the highest fantasy point projection, according to the optimizers. So I do think they make for a good option because if you're playing in a tournament, a lot of your opponents are going to be trying to save money there. So if you're actually the one that goes and spends up on a defense, you're naturally just deviating from the slate that way. They have a great matchup going against C.J. Stroud in his first game. I think there's a few other options that I want to discuss. In the same line as going against... CJ Stroud in his first game, I think we consider going against the um, Carolina Panthers and taking the Atlanta Falcons as our defense, going against Bryce Young in his first game. The Panthers' offensive line has been an abject disaster in the preseason. So if you're playing Hayden Hurst in a GPP, you're you're no longer playing the Falcons' defense. This is kind of similar to the Jamal versus Juwan aspect. If you're going with Juwan instead of Jamal and instead of Hayden Hurst, now you can consider falcons d so you're just flipping all these good options and making them variable and getting some different lineups so i think that's a very good option i think going against justin fields is going to be a little bit of a great option that's counterintuitive to the public perception the packers are beloved by the sharps in the market the spread is coming down 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 to the packers plus one um A lot of smart money backing the Packers. Their defense for the last five games of the season last year was one of the best units in the NFL. And now they go against Justin Fields, who's always scrambling. But one of the downsides of a scrambler is that the offensive line doesn't know where to protect. So it leads to a lot of outside-the-pocket sacks. And Justin Fields ends up getting sacked way more than any of his uh, any of his other quarterbacks, and that just leads to like you know if he gets six sacks, even though they're like light takedowns outside the box, it's still plus one for your defense. So that presents a nice right. opportunity too.
1: Yeah, no. The only the only thing about that is that is Justin Fields just scares me because you know he and I know you know this too. He could always just break
0: something crazy. But yep. other than that, I a hundred percent agree. And I think that's probably a very smart play. So to go through our options, my core four is going to be Jalen Hurts, Jamal Williams, the Washington Commanders defense, and Hayden Hurst. Alex gave out Geno Smith. If you're playing in a full uh, day slate, like where you include the Sunday night game, CeeDee Lambs. Uh, who was your other position player that you talked about?
1: Garrett Wilson and uh, Calvin
0: Ridley. Oh yeah, Calvin Ridley was given out. If you're playing in the Monday night slate, if you're going from the Sunday yep. to Monday, you know he likes Conklin and Garrett Wilson. He is a Jets fan, so he's a little biased on the tight end. No, Calvin no, I
1: Wilson I, I will say this. Him. Let me let me let me backtrack yeah, on Conklin a little it. bit. Yeah. No, 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 I I don't need to really defend it, but I just think that uh, from what I've seen as a Jet fan since I you know pay much attention to. We're going to be in a lot of twenty-one personnel this year, and I think that Conklin is a sleeper for having a Tunyon-type ten-touchdown year. You know, Rogers does like the, t- the tight end, so you know we put out Conklin there as TE one all day long. So you know, opportunity is going to probably be in his favor, and if we're a running team with Cook and Paul. And we're in that twenty-one personnel. Then you know Conklin could have that random Tunyon year when he had ten touchdowns. And what, seven hundred yards, six hundred yards? I think yep. that's not out of the realm of possibility.
0: And Rodgers is so smart that if he sees like an easy check to put Tunyon into the flat, I mean, I even called the Tunyon exactly to, to put Conklin exactly into the flat, Conklin. Yeah, he'll, call the audible and get them over there so yeah I do think that's a great option it's definitely a red zone option Uh, if you are playing in the Monday night slate you can consider that option and then defense is again commanders we also discussed Falcons Ravens Packers you guys got, got a lot of good options to choose from that went through the whole DFS slate let's quickly run through my betting card Alex I've given out I went through and just did a slate breakdown on Tuesday where I reviewed all the lines and hinted where my bets were of course, if you follow my sub stack or if you subscribe to the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel, you can get all
1: access to my bets. But let's go through them now that the game's time. Mike, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I saw it come through. You know, I subscribed to you, obviously, and I saw it come through. I, I held off because I knew we were going to be doing this, so I'm, I am can't wait. I'm very excited to hear what you got to do.
0: All right, let's do it. So we're going to start with the Sundays at 1. My favorite game on the board is Steelers when I grab the Steelers plus three I have 1.5 units on it I also have two units on the under 41 and a half now let me talk about the under 41 and a half real quick I'm a little confused why it's coming back to that number it sat at 40.5 and the fact that it's come back to 41.5 doesn't make me feel great especially paired with the Bosa news I thought it was trending back towards the over because of the bosa uncertainty and would go back the other way but right. however right. i do feel good about this because if we're looking at the betting splits it does show that that movement towards the under with some reverse line movements so maybe going back towards the over is just encouraging some under money to come in and even the line out we've never seen this line get as high as 42 so i've never been on a worse side of this line but i'm just at the live number on it there steelers plus three home underdog with mike tomlin Going against Brock Purdy, coming off surgery, traveling across the country, playing in the 1 p.m. time slot. I'm going to take the veteran Tomlin-led defense uh, and wow. the, the new quarterback of Kenny Pickett. So give me the plus three and give me the correlated under 41.5 thoughts and comments.
1: So the first thought is this. is uh, My mother, you know, Gabby Cohen, she also took Steelers. Um, in her weekly pool, and we had a little bit of an argument about this, but she made some of the same points that you just made, and I actually agree. Um, I think that, you know, the West Coast trip and the Steelers looking very solid over the preseason, you know, how much you want to put in preseason, that's a debate for another day. But, hey, you know, when it comes to, you know, picking teams in the West Coast trip, and solid defenses and solid offenses against and potentially a quarterback who hasn't really been in a real game. I, I like it. I, I think you take the points and, and, uh,
0: and, uh, yeah, no, that's a nice job by you, Mike. I like it. So, so to shout out your mom, I love her pick, also love her. To let the listeners behind the curtain a little bit know who are listening to this week one Sunday, maybe Saturday night, Sunday morning drop. Uh, and you're 36 minutes into the show we appreciate you little fun tidbit is that alex's mom gabby and my mom jill actually knew each other when they were like five years old and then reconnected when me and alex later later met in our lives so little fun fact let's go to the next bet on the card i have the falcons minus three i love the atlanta falcons this year I have kyle pitts on my fantasy team i have them in every which way game one i have them to win the division i have them to make the playoffs i have their over on their win total so falcons 1.25 units on the spread because i was getting the the three instead of the 2.5 but now that line's at 3.5 pretty much everywhere it feels a little bit unplayable if you're looking at it now maybe you play the falcons money line because you missed the 3.5 the three you got the 3.5 that's a major hook where you're losing values, you just play the money line instead. But I like the Atlanta Falcons at home against the the, uh, road debut of rookie quarterback Bryce Young. Any thoughts, Alex? Falcons minus three?
1: So, when it comes to the Falcons, I actually would uh, tease them down. I... uh, was fortunate enough to watch the Panthers play the Jets this preseason. That offensive line is so inconspicuous and up in the air. The Falcons were a decent team last year with the rookie quarterback and Ritter. They have a great offensive line. They have a ton of weapons. If we were talking about the, the the Chiefs with the Falcons' weapons, it would just be game over. So, I I think that you're spot on, and I would even
0: tease them down fraud <laughs> uh i wouldn't say a teaser works in this case because then you're pushing them
1: through the zero even though you're jumping onto the plus no 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 30. i would tease them to like Oh, six
0: oh you're selling points i fuck yes love it yes yes yes, yes always willing i think they
1: win that game by 21
0: yep okay i absolutely love. Love that idea. Then yes. So then maybe Alex wouldn't be scared of playing the minus three point five at the minus one ten because he's okay thinking maybe the six or the seven is actually the correct key number here, and it's not the three. So uh, that would be a nice little angle to ladder up this play and agree with my take that I fucking love them frisky Atlanta Falcons. The worst bet of the week that I have. The worst bet of the week that I have. Is taking the Packers Bears over forty-four. This line has been blistered down to forty-one point five. I have negative two two and a half points of closing line value. It fucking sucks for me. It's because Mike, of, where's the game?
1: Mike, where's the game again?
0: It's in Chicago. We have Christian Watson ruled out late, and we have. All of the and Romeo Dobbs probably out. The Packers' weapons are are dropping like flies. They're going to run the ball the whole game. The Bears are also going to run the ball too. And I was stupid enough to grab an over because the forty four was an important number and it was trending up to forty four point five at a lot of places earlier this summer when there was rave reviews about the Packers and the Bears. Now that we've started right. the season and I placed this bet on June eighteenth, I'm looking like an idiot on this one bears packers i have the over 44 i will always give you all my bets but i am going to lose that one i mean
1: listen it's always a it's always a 50 50 at some point right i i think you're right that it's probably trending in the wrong direction but sometimes you never know but yeah no i I definitely would not even touch the over 41 so good luck
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay titans versus the saints i do love the saints this year i think their schedule is really easy but i also think the titans have been a pretty slept on team they were second in the afc through week 11 last year before some injuries to their quarterback made the season go awry the previous year they finished first and took the bye going into the playoffs over the course of the entire season so i'll be playing the titans plus 3.5 i got the hook it's at three everywhere now but you can see that you could find a few shops that have the three at like even money like a plus 100 or even like a minus right. 105 so you're not paying the full minus 110 so then you're not losing as much value so you could still play the titans plus three there are i'm telling you guys there are plenty of sharp groups hitting this titans line this is following the smart money in the market and it will be at 2.5 sometime before tomorrow's game because the books are going to want some people to buy back on the on the two point five to the three because the handle that these books are going to have is so drastic on the Titans plus three point five. Yep. And then I'm also taking the under forty two in that game, Alex. We talked we've talked about on the key number show. 41 and 40 are both very important NFL totals numbers. We noticed that Kansas city chiefs lions game ended 41, which is the most common outcome in NFL games. So if I was able to grab this under towards the 42, I get the most two important outcomes on my side. It's trended down to either 41 or 41 and a half everywhere. You could still play the 41 and a half. It's not as good as the 42 because you lose the push number, but the 42 is not the most relevant number in, in NFL totals. Yep. But again, that's correlated between the Titans and the under. If the game is going to be under 41 points total scored, then it's going to be harder for the Saints to win by more than a field goal. So having the plus 3.5 and an under in a low-scoring game makes a lot of sense. I have three-quarters of a unit on the plus 3.5 and 1.5 units on the under.
1: Wow. Saints you know, I, to me. if I was going to, you know, if I was going to, I wouldn't do that myself I just think that that game is going to be just like you said it's because the Titans are being very slept on they have a great coach they haven't really changed their roster too much they've they've lost some people but they added Hopkins they have a good defense and good lines like good good offensive and defensive lines what I mean by that so you know for me I think that that game is a little risky but that being said, if I was going to go one, game, one way on that game, I 100% agree with your logic, and I think that that's probably going to be the smarter play. All
0: right, let's take a quick break because we've made it like halfway through my betting card. You told me there was one line that you loved in terms of the spreads and perspectives. Let's hear what you have. Give out your best bet to the people.
1: So I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley in the Dome against the Colts, rookie quarterback. I just think that that team has so much riding on going 1-0 and based off of what they did last year. And if they lose to the Colts and Anthony Richardson, I just don't see their season going to the way that they want it to go. So I'm going to take – Trevor Lawrence in his third year versus Anthony Richardson in his first year, Calvin Ridley and the better overall roster all day long. And I would honestly do what I said about the Falcons. I would even buy points, go buy three points for both of them and parlay them.
0: <laughs> so so sell, sell points. You would push this out to minus 6.5 and take a bigger payout is what I'm assuming you're saying?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So in that case, you're selling points. You're letting the book buy points from you and making it harder to win, but accepting a bigger payout. This line's at 4.5 at literally every book. FanDuel has it. Oh, uh, I had it yet.
1: at 3.5. What, what is it? What do you have it right now? I had it at 3.5 when I took it. Is it 4.5 now? So there you go.
0: 4.5. So there you go. You, you're you clearly go. on the sharp side of this line. We're seeing like, like 88% of the money come in on the Jaguars' side. So this line is probably going to still keep going. Uh, The FanDuel has the minus 4.5 at minus 108. I could easily see some five start to pop on the board. My only hesitation is that it's a um, road favorite in a week one divisional game. Those are generally spots to avoid. But to Alex's point, the Jaguars are such a team that you want to ride potentially early this year and wait for the market to catch up because they might be really ready to go. They have a good exactly. in Peterson. They have a, 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 a potential MVP candidate in Lawrence. They have a potential top five wide receiver coming back in Calvin Ridley. There's a lot of variance in the Jaguars market right now. So if you're a buyer on the Duval Jag, the Jaguars, as some idiots say, then you could play the minus 4.5. And then we also know that like, Four to five, not a key number. So why not bring that up to minus 6.5 or minus 9.5 and try and go for a seven or 10-point win? We talked about in the key numbers pod, seven happens 10% of the time. uh, Ten happens 5% of the time. So those outcomes are very common in NFL games. So if you wanted to push the spread, it would be very likely that you can get a little escalated payout. I'm going to go through one more on mine, uh, Alex, or actually there's a few more. Eagles Patriots under forty six, uh, Dolphins Chargers. I'm on the Chargers minus two point five and the Chargers over forty nine point five. Which of those two games do you want to go in depth on?
1: Hmm, I I'd like to hear yeah. the. Uh, I, I would like to hear the Eagles Patriots one. Okay, the, the, cool. I'm, I'm curious why you think you the unders going there. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm curious why you think that one.
0: I think Belichick has historically struggled against quarterbacks that could rush the ball, but we come into a situation where he has the fastest defensive line he's ever had, and and he has uh, time and preparation for this game and tons of sample footage to work off of because the Eagles come into the season with relatively the same core and roster and coaching staff and construction. They lost a few, like their running okay. back and Miles Sanders. They lost their offensive yep. coordinator and Shane Steichen. But it is it should be relatively the same offense. So I think the Patriots are gonna be well schemed. And on the flip side, Eagles, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Patriots What is Mac Jones going to do with this new Bill O'Brien offense? I do think they're going to run a lot with Zeke. Ramondre's banged up, so maybe Zeke comes in and plays a little more, gets those rushes up the guts. It becomes becomes a slower possession game. We've seen the Patriots do that when they have better opponents. They try and say, all right, let's just take away possessions from this game because the more possessions that there are, the better team will likely come out on top. So if you're down and have a talent disadvantage, less possessions makes you – have a better chance to win and it's certainly bill belichick knows these things so i am playing the under 46 i also do no- notice the spread has moved from all the way at one point plus five to now a it's either at four or three and a half so there's some real sharp money and i said this on last, last but i actually know for a fact of some sharp groups that came in on the plus uh on the uh patriot side grabbing the plus four and a half and move that line right. to three and a half in a lot of places so Correlated Patriots under, I missed the good line on the number, so I'll take the under 46.
1: No, I I honestly, you know, after hearing that out, I I do agree with you. Like, Bill has that tape of two years of hurts and all offseason, and he knows that he has to kind of protect Mac in a way that his defense is going to not let the Eagles score 40 on them, right? You know, that would be my fear is that the Eagles could score 40 at any time. Right. But at the same time, it's Bill Belichick and it's the Pats and he's got tape and time. So no, I'm, I'm actually uh, putting that in a a parlay as we speak now. I love that.
0: You know, I (laughs) don't recommend it as in a parlay, but I recommend it as a straight bet. Nonetheless, let's talk about two more. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give you two bets and you tell me which game you want to talk about. It is, both New York teams, the Sunday night and the Monday night, they are both unders. I am taking the under in the Cowboys-Giants, 46. I am taking the under of the first half of the Jets' bills, 23-and-a-half under for the first half. So, I
1: I would like to go to the Dallas-Giants game. Um, I agree with that. I think that that game is not going to be high-scoring dak and Daniel Jones do not excite me, and uh, yeah, absolutely, ride that under. Unfortunately, Sunday Night Football, offenses are sketchy, bright lights are on, two quarterbacks who, you know, either get injured or turn the ball over, or whatever it may be, and and two, and one, solid, very good defense, sorry, in in the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I I 100% love that play.
0: So, jets versus bills alex i'm on the under for that game but tell me what you think is going to happen as a jets fan rogers first game uh in metlife stadium bills coming to town bills are a road favorite the bills are the sharp side in that game which was surprising to me i have no bets on the full game or the spread or anything just that first half under total just don't even react to my bet just tell me what you think that's going to happen in that game (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think that again, for some of the reasons I just mentioned, I think that the first half under is is somewhat solid because of, you know, the bright lights and defenses are usually ahead of offenses at the beginning of the season. But in terms of the game itself, I really don't know. And, and I know that's a really terrible take, but it's yeah, going yeah. to be, no, it's, it's no, going I to actually, be, it's, go it's going to be, it's going to be a cutthroat match is what I see, you know? It, it is two very good teams, and, you know, when it comes down to it, I really do think the Jets have the bigger defense. I'm not exactly sure what Micah Hyde's um, status is as we're doing this at this moment, but if him and Von Miller are out, I really think that the Jets' defense are going to have an advantage, advantage against the Bills' offense – and I think that the Jets will then have a advantage against the Bills defense with no Von Miller and potentially no Micah Hyde. Shout out DeMar Hamlin because I'm sure he would start that instead of Micah Hyde. So, hey, Monday Night Football season starting week one, baby. Let's fucking go!
0: <laughs> I am so excited. I'll, the last thing I'll say about this game, and then we'll go. The line movement, yeah, been Really, the, the line movement's been really confusing for me because. We had Dalvin get signed. We had uh, Vaughn be announced as out. And every other um, home, like every other road favorite who's in division has been going the other way. Like the Rams have been taking some sharp action. The Raiders Bron- uh, right. have been taking some sharp action. The-, the Browns versus the Bengals have been taking some sharp action. So um, I was just surprised that the sharp action with in conjunction with dalvin signing and the Vaughn news i was like oh this is line's gonna go jets way it's actually gone bill's way and towards the under you would think in bringing in dalvin and losing a key defensive player are both over trajectory things right like uh yeah no i i Mike, i might i are compl- gonna be on the field, you expect more points so i was like i completely mike,
1: mike such confusion yeah. mike i completely agree with you it's, it's weird to me too which is why it's making me nervous it's like what are we yeah, missing, it's, right? It's, you know, it's, it make you it's like as a, as a wh- fan. As, if you're a responsible gambler and you're looking at lines and you feel all of that, you know, you know, bravado towards one way and Vegas is still pushing back, it always makes me nervous. And it's like, what is going on that I'm missing? So I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm confused why that has been the case. But at the end of the day, I really do think and and again we might be a little bit biased in new york but 9 11 under the lights healthy defense healthy team against a maybe banged up bills offense I, I just don't get it and hey maybe we'll figure out something between now and monday that why vegas is not getting it as well so hey
0: happy first week find, everybody we'll certainly find out by tuesday alex i think the best way to end this pod realizing that uh 9-11 is going to be, anniversary is going to be on that first Monday night game with Rodgers. Everyone should, as they finish wrapping up this podcast, go search the Aaron Rodgers 9-11 conspiracy theories and bring this conversation full circle. He is oh oh, i a, I'm a big Rodgers fan. I actually think he's a, like a stand-up guy and he's like, you know, not a robot quarterback. He's kind of down to earth. But the 9-11 conspiracy theories, I'm not going to get behind those. But anyways, go look them up. They're hilarious. You heard a bunch of great plays from me, <laughs> uh, strong bets from, uh, from me, a good bet from Alex on the Jaguars, core four players in cash lineups, GPPs. We will be back on Tuesday with a slate breakdown. Enjoy your Sunday week one. I hope everyone starts cashing these lineups, winning their bets. We will be joined by Alex next week on Saturday. So thank you, bud, for the time. And I will see you next week.
1: Thanks, Mike. Happy football season, everybody. Let's go.